It's one place where you just don't care about taking your clothes off in front of other people. I think only like a golfer would think of a, like the most boring drink ever. Sexy stuff in the toilet seems like a weird thing to do. I'm like Little Red Riding Hood of North London. <laughs> I'm, just, what? I'm just looking at you. Welcome to Table Wine with an H. Today, I don't know what to say that H stands for here. Harry. Ooh. Okay. I've n- I never learned how to say the word. It's one of my English as second language things. When I've met people called Harry, I call them Harry. And then I get corrected that it's Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, anyways, let's call everybody's Harry. There it sounds go. like you're saying the same thing to me. Yeah, I am say saying the, the same thing. Oh, Harry. so is there supposed to be a difference? And Harry. Harry. There you go. That's the name, right? Say the name Harry. Harry. Okay, and say Harry's Harry. Harry. <laughs> no, Harry no, is Harry. 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 Okay, no, see now. So I think I have the same problem. I don't think you do have the same problem. Things like more like now you are like too conscious about. It. No, I I struggle with some words as well. Actually, here we go. H today for me stands for Hallelujah. Does that sound weird to you? No. It doesn't? No, say it again. Hallelujah. (laughs) That sounds normal. (laughs) (laughs) So the few words I can't say, it used to be hallelujah. I used to always say hallelujah, and I couldn't get the hallelujah part of it. So I trained myself to be able to say hallelujah. But I have to think about it. Like, I can't just, like, roll off the tongue and say, oh, hallelujah. Uh, I have to, because then if I do it really quickly, it kind of goes towards the hallelujah. You saying that that's a word that you struggle with, I will bring my difficult word to the table. And that was hallelujah. The other word that I can't say, I just want to add it in for shits and giggles. It's a drink in North America. And so it's a mixture of iced tea and lemonade. And it's called Arnold Palmer. Iced tea and lemonade is a drink. So apparently it was a golfer who liked this mixture, but it doesn't tie into the theme really whatsoever. So we're going to go with hallelujah because I'm proud that I can say it now. I think only like a golfer would think of it like the most boring drink ever. Yeah, I thought that maybe they might be the most boring people, but then you've got people like Tiger Woods. And then you don't golf. No, but I'm boring. Tiger Woods, oh my god, you're so Canadian. Tiger Woods is like fun to you. Yeah, I mean, that was so juicy, no? There's nothing boring about that story. He's having sex with everyone. Yes. Doesn't matter. We need to talk about I think I'm over it. Yeah, let's go. Um, What are we talking about today? We've decided on what the H's stand for us today. what was your... Mine's Harry. Mine's Hallelujah. Okay. This is a podcast where we chat about working in restaurants. Mm -hmm. I'm Alison. I'm Pierre. Today, I chose the wine. You chose the topic. Yeah. The topic is rituals, mm-hmm. and that's a large umbrella. Alison just did an umbrella thing with her hands. <laughs> Today, we're venturing all the way to the Czech Republic. I think that this is possibly one of my favorite wine-making countries now. And then this one is amazing. So it's from a female winemaker. I'm going to try and pronounce it, but I'm like so embarrassed to even do it. So Zedna Chachik. Isn't basically sasik is like what you get in Turkish restaurants, like the yogurt dip? Yeah, I think it is a Turkish dip. I mean, nothing to do with the wine. It is actually super delicious. <sighs> but you know what? What I think is I love about this wine, it's I, find it. I really my dream. Don't steal this, anyone. It's to 
starts an Instagram account called When Bad Labels Happen to Good Wine. Okay, wait, but okay, speak about the wine. So yeah. female winemaker. No. This is a wine that we know and love and it's from a producer that we know and love. I think it's a really easy drinking wine. Very light skin contact from Chachik. It's a really nice color. It's very kind of yeah. pinky, straw gold. It is a uh, Gruner Veltliner 2018. It is very nice and I love mm. Gruner Veltliner. I mean, yeah. I'm traumatized by it because the most pretentious people order it or like somehow couples having arguments often end up with that bottle. So I'm a bit nervous about Gruner. But when it's beautiful, it's beautiful, no? And you've been to Moravia a couple of times. Yeah, I had the opportunity to go a couple of times and visit some wineries there. I think obviously that gives me a little bit more of an appreciation for the area. Anyway, so yeah, I think this is beautiful. It's just a nice one to sip on. Yeah. So rituals, what do we mean when we talk about rituals in a restaurant? I think it's really funny. We all have rituals like how you get ready for a shift, how you end the shift. But also I think the rituals of, of guests and customers. I mean, they, you know, when you work somewhere for a while and you see them day in, day out, or you see them on their, you know, daily cycle, as it were, um, you start noticing the patterns and the patterns and turn into rituals and habits. It's always interesting. Rituals, I think, say you a lot. Oh, I need to learn English again. Uh, rituals <laughs> say a lot about people's like fears and annoyances. Mm-hmm. Some managers, for instance, kind of ritually prepare for their shift days in advance because they just want to have ultimate control on their shift. That is wild to me, actually. I don't know how anyone, I can't plan anything that far in advance. I don't even know what I'm working this week. Mm. You made me recite it earlier, so that's the only reason why it's actually fresh in my mind. Otherwise, I just check when I'm working the next day. all your colleagues know when you're working this week. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Canadian on this week? It's (laughs) true. Anyway, yeah, so what's our, I mean, what's your ritual when you had to get ready for a shift? Well, I'm, I'm always late. So my ritual is always to leave the house about three hours early. Um, you were late so today. Well, yeah. Not to work. I'm never late to work because I think, like, I can't be. So I have to leave early. So that's my first ritual. But what's happening? What's making you so late? Like, you know, what happens like, if you leave on time? What you Like, get I don't know. I'll see cat on the street. <laughs> oh. I'll, like, pat it. I'll see something I like. I'll take a photo of it. There's so many things. I'm like Little Red Riding Hood of North London. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> oh, I like that image. <laughs> Just seeing you lost in the streets of North London. Yeah. Uh, she was never lost. I thought she gets eaten by a wolf or a wolf tries to eat her. That sounds quite sexy, actually. Not in a good way. That sounds creepy now that you say it that way. It must have been your creepy Canadian accent. The wolf tries to eat her? <laughs> I was listening to a podcast about Marilyn Monroe, mm. as you do. And at the start of her career, she co-wrote an article called The Wolves That I Know, or The Wolves That I've Known. How interesting is that? I mean, she's seen always as like this bimbo kind of character, like blonde bombshell that had no agency over what she was doing. Before she got famous, she published that, which could have like risked her career. It's I don't think tangent. she was a bimbo at all. I think no, she was like a and- very smart woman and conscious of the power that her sexuality held i think we know that with distance um empowerment in anybody but especially in females is something to be respected but i don't think it would have been then so it's not something that anybody would have advertised right anyway interesting the imagery of the wolf and now you're talking or i'm talking about a little red riding hood i would like to bump into you in the park (laughs) in just a little red cape are you the wolf I think probably I'm more likely to be the wolf. My grandmother's already dead, yeah. Alison. It's okay. Both of them are dead. Anyway, I just think it'd be cute to see little Pierre lost. Which I am often <laughs> lost. 
Anyway, okay, so we've so established rituals. your ritual is you know you'll be late. Yes, I'm incredibly early. Mm-hmm. I think for me also, uh, getting that early, getting like a glass of sparkling water and a cup of coffee and preparing for my shift very slowly. Over time, I think people have extreme rituals. I remember one person used to take about half an hour getting ready by putting on, what do you call them, compression socks? My mom's always trying to get me to wear them because varicose veins and stuff run in our family. Mm-hmm. And then she's concerned that my blood flow and circulation, not blood flow, yeah, circulation is not good. I have never gotten them. But I was working with someone actually recently who wore them religiously. And she said it's her legs don't get tired. Well, Maybe I, there is something. I wore them with sandals, as you know, the other day as a fashion accessory. Well, you didn't wear compression socks. Yeah, I did. But not like the full length ones. When were you wearing that? I didn't see. You called them old man socks. That's what they are. I don't yeah. remember. How dare God, you not notice my fashion shit. statements. Oh. Anyway, this person used to wear them. They came up to their thighs mm. and there were no seats in the changing room. So it would take them about, I swear to God, about 30 minutes per leg. I mean, I didn't stare at the person. Kind of sounds like you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard not to. It's like, you're right there. Just <laughs> in the corner. Like a neighbor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do always kind of open the door and like sneak your head around. So I'm just kind of imagining you just on the corner of the change room. Just not, peering not in around a pervy way. That's rude. I mean... I think the changing room is actually a really interesting place in a restaurant. People are really weird, no? It's one place where you just don't care about taking your clothes off in front of other people. That's true. And I had one person, one guy I used to work with, who would just strip to like his undies and just like stand in the doorway of my office while I was doing cash up. Oh, that's odd. No, sorry, that's super odd. (laughs) It was a bit weird. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, count my cash. I'm already dyslexic. I don't need more distraction. I would never get changed in front of a group of people, usually. But in the staff room, I think it's this thing where you're all just, you're in the shit together. You're rushing. There's usually not enough toilets, so you can't go to the toilet. So you're like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to get changed here. Like, we've all seen each other's asses, and it just doesn't matter. Anyway, how funny. Rituals. Yeah. I feel what you've said is very normal shit i I mean i will say i think coffee followed by sparkling water is a very rogue thing to do that's just like bubbles on acid says the girl who like texts me get me what is it pepto bismol yes (laughs) i've never had that in my life and i have to find it at boots i mean i sent out somebody this week to get me gaviscon that's not the abuse of power at all (laughs) no they're going out anyway i usually have my own shit but i obviously used it all Uh, bicarbonate soda i did i was trying to remember what you could do to fix that and it's literally baking soda in water bicarb isn't that the same thing i don't think it is because you can bicarbonate of soda baking soda is it they're labeled differently in the shop they can't be the same no there's baking powder and baking soda i think what you're saying is baking soda what's hang on what's your ritual i will just check in on the floor i've tried to stop having coffees because i always wake up and i piggyback two coffees and then it's kind of fun to have a third coffee when I get into work or have a soda or something. But sodas are usually designated for days when I'm hungover. I just want to explore piggybacking. (laughs) What? So it's just like one coffee after the other. Yeah, it's the best on an empty stomach. Well, I mean, it's just piggyback is one on the other. 
um, I don't know. I'd have no other way to, it sounds quite boring to just say, I have one coffee directly after I have my first. No. <laughs> no that's <It's>, fair. <laughs> I like to piggyback my coffees. It sounds a little bit insane. And uh, yeah, so sometimes I always have two coffees, always to start the day, empty stomach. So I feel the hit of caffeine intensely. And then if I'm feeling adventurous and fun, I will try for another coffee when I get to work. But the third coffee is always like, Ooh, you don't know how which way it's going to go. Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course I am. I really like to see how it goes. I think it's quite fun sometimes. And it only works if it's in the morning because you need to have these like consecutive hits of caffeine. It's only when you work the day shift that it's really an interesting game to play. The day shift is just the nicest shift ever and you're turning into this like weird thing. It's interesting. I think a lot of the chefs, their pre-shift ritual is definitely like toilet related. The staff toilets are so busy before... Oh, I'm just like, I just, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, am I just like having out. a realization? As I say, I'm like, cute, they're in there all just pooping. And then what if they're I don't not think pooping? they're that pooping. People generally poop in the morning and in the evening. I think whatever they're doing is not But pooping. it's just after staff food. So probably they're pooping. They must have terrible metabolism if they're Maybe. just pooping straight after. <laughs> I think they're just having some quiet time. Maybe. Well, that's a lot to think about then. This toilet is your only private space. I guess chefs also like almost never have breaks. So <laughs> I think quiet time is what they need. So let's talk about guests then. So some of the strange things. Well, maybe not strange. I don't know why I attribute it rituals to being strange. Because but... you're judgmental. Well, so are you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm critical. I'm a critical thinker. Uh-huh. I think when you've worked somewhere for a while, I really like being part of people's rituals. I think when you get like business regulars, they have the funnest rituals because it's usually around managing situations, right? Like having the perfect table, the right time, the perfect food, also they can impress their like business partners or business guests. I think the table selection is such a strange part of it. I don't know why the table matters so so much well i kind of get it i think if there's two of you for instance if i'm meeting for two i always want a corner table so you can be around each other because often when you're opposite each other for instance i think that can be a little bit adversarial but like i used to work at a place that had two dining rooms only one of them being open for lunch but it was incredibly loud because it was like canteen style. The other dining room was much fancier. We had like one or two guests, regular guests who would just continue walking up the stairs to the nicer dining room. Doesn't matter what we did, whether we didn't set the room, whether we put the chairs, we just tried all kinds of signals to say this one's off limits. They would just walk up and sit there, which was hilarious because they felt it was a better room, but they would just get terrible servers. <laughs> and they were like, Constantly unhappy, but they would just come back and sit right up there. I think those rituals are funny. My favorite one was one customer always used to have a glass of olive oil before their lunch because he felt it had good health qualities. But he had to serve it in a wine glass with his guests' wine glasses. So he looked like he's having wine. I mean, it was green and I'm colorblind. So for me, it looked like orange wine, I guess, (laughs) before I knew what orange wine was. But it was clear that it was... Not wine, but he still insisted. I don't know. Like, does that coat your stomach or something? I wonder. I've heard something about this, actually. I feel like it's a good thing to do before you have a meal. It, like, lines your stomach or something. I am sure I it's don't know. nothing. I, like, but that seems like ridiculous. a lot of oil to consume. Yes. 
Yes, I don't odd. think it does anything. It's a bit like when people drink apple cider vinegar in the morning. It's just, I think people just love those rituals, whatever they are, it just resets you. Yeah, everybody has their routines and what time they'll come by if you do have regulars and stuff. It's interesting to me to see that people can be so organized that they'll show up at the same time every day get the same thing and it's like you're a part of that ritual for somebody and if you throw any wrench into the mix they go haywire like imagine if you didn't have the favorite pastry that somebody wanted and that is their thing in the morning that they need you have fucked up their day i sorry but something just popped up (laughs) i used to work uh, somewhere serving breakfast Mm -hmm. and this guy used to come in first thing used to open at eight He'd come in at like 8 or 5, um, order a flat white and take one of our newspapers and just would disappear into the loo for a good 10 minutes and then come back with that toilet paper at hand. Uh, not toilet paper, newspaper. newspaper. I mean, it's like we all know what you're doing. I don't Why want did to you use take that, that paper. With you? Well, I would just put it back because I guess I thought, well, at least we know what he's doing. Oh, no, but the poop particles. Yeah, but people do that anyway. Yeah, but you don't take a public newspaper into the toilet. I don't care if you do that with your own reading materials at home. But I, I like think it. So. I mean, I would never do it myself. But people would read their phone anyway, right? And also, yeah, but it's your phone. You're going to go and share your phone with people afterwards. Yeah, but the door handles, it's honestly it's a slippery slope. I know, but oh God, it seems so weird. Now, anyone else who brings... No, I don't want to go there. I can't. No, say it. No, I want to know. Well, no, because then the next person who's picked up that newspaper, they've basically gone to the toilet with you. And not in a good way. Yeah, not in a good way. (laughs) Sorry, I don't think about sexy stuff in the toilet seems like a weird thing to do. I don't think the toilet is a place for doing sexy stuff. Well, maybe it depends. Well, you just described the pre-shift rituals for all of the chefs, no? (laughs) Maybe some of that is sexy stuff. I don't know. I used to work at a place, there was a display of pastries, but one person used to come in and they would get you to tap every pastry and they would choose the pastry that they thought sounded the crispiest. They would watch you tap every pastry as well. Like, no, no. And then when the one that sounded like it was correct, like, yeah, 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 that one. It's like something feels like this is a ritual I don't want to be a part of. The satisfaction they got out of choosing the pastry that sounded just right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little bit more than a ritual, isn't it? I mean, I did wonder and I'm still wondering. (laughs) What do you think is the most effective thing to wind down with like an end of the night ritual as somebody who works in hospitality? Well, I think that nothing beats having a team drink, Mm. not a martini. I think my favorite thing is it's just so much work and it's so boozy. Martini isn't actually no work at all. Okay. You line the glass with a bit of vermouth. Uh Uh-huh. One. Step one. Yes. Mm -hmm. Go on. And then you, I mean, however you're going to chill your alcohol. Okay. So either you shake it or stir it. I guess commonly it would be stirred. Or Uh maybe it's pre-chilled. Okay. And then you pour that into the glass. Yeah. Garnish it. But you don't even need to. Yeah, you didn't describe the vodka. When when did the vodka come in? That's what I'm saying. The spirit. You shake or stir the spirit. Did I say spirit? Maybe I didn't say spirit. Pour wine into glasses. One step. It is so nice to actually have that moment at the end of it. I think you're absolutely right with that being the best ritual. To have a moment where you guys can all just sit together and just chat. It's disappointing when people just want to leave at the end of the night. Because it's not like we don't have to drink alcohol even. 
I mean, I'm going to, but it's nice to just, yeah, get everyone for a moment and just say, hey, that was great. Or, uh, you know, that was kind of fucked up and that was difficult. But to just share that experience with each other and realize that it's not just one person that felt like it was a difficult service or a good service just to like get it off your chest. I think it helps to not take that home with you. I think also what I really like is when you know you're not working the next day. Oh, yeah. I think that like really guilty, like 2 a.m. meal that you may have. Like, I used to live in South Newington, and there was a an amazing, like, 24-hour falafel place, and I used to get falafels. Even though they served the hummus, which is disgusting, I still ordered it. So yeah, outside of a team drink, what you're going to have as a snack when you get home, I think is also a fantastic way of winding down. So you said you'd go for a falafel. I think my favorite snack is popcorn. There's nothing in the world that compares to popcorn as a snack for me with imported dill pickle seasoning. So that's like a light snack and I don't feel bad. I I could genuinely have popcorn every night or I think sometimes I would just go the opposite end and really crave something sweet. My favorite was also sometimes you stop at like Five Guys or one of those where they have like the multi-mix spirit. Like not spirits, what do you call them? I don't know. I've never been to Five Guys. Well, I mean, their meat is okay. You're you're pescatarian, but their like soft drink selection is so much fun because you can choose how to mix it. Ah, Swamp water. Huh? Swamp water. Uh, sure, if you like to call it that. That's when you mix up all of the fountain fountain drink flavors, no? Yes. Swamp water. Maybe in Canada. Yeah! (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to call it that. I, it's like, I just make sure it stays blue or yellow. I like playing with primary colors. That's like the game. It's not about flavor coordination or swamp water. Like, One of my favorite things. Keep it blue, I, keep it yellow. Oh, sorry, yes. When you say five guys, there's always a story that comes uh, to mind for me. A different episode, maybe? Yeah, really? Why what? Do you know what I'm talking about? Five guys one night? My favorite thing, five guys one night. No, but I mean, it's not mine. I haven't... <laughs> okay, wait, let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're so Canadian. <laughs> when I first got here, I didn't know what five guys was. So five guys is a burger place and I never heard of it before coming here. And then one of the first, I don't know, maybe the first few months I was working here, um, one of my colleagues, I asked them, you know, how was your night? This is the beginning of the shift, just having like a bit of chit chat and whatnot. I was like, what did you do last night? And they said, oh, I just uh, had five guys and then uh, went home. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're saying this so casually as well. I think there's like quite a... Quite an achievement. That's one word. (laughs) I was like, I was so shocked that they had just said they had five guys and then went home. I was like, really? You had five guys and then you went home? How do you do that? And then they were so confused about why I was interested in them having five guys. And then it came around to the fact that um, it was a burger place. And then I explained, I didn't know that. And I thought that they had five men and then wrapped up their night. (laughs) Five five men sounds better than five guys. It's like five guys, you're like, like just guys (laughs) with their socks on, you know, that's five five guys. Oh my God. I remember 2007's like Great Burger War when both five guys and Shake Shack opened within months of each other. I feel like... Shake Shack is shit. Yes, unless you have like the crinkle chips. I do like them. I like Mm. textured stuff. I think it's an interesting choice. But did you know that Mark Wahlberg and his brother opened a burger joint? But yeah. it failed. Wall burgers. Wall burgers. I yeah. mean, what idiots. 
It they failed? Burgers, yes. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Well, have you been to it? Have you seen it? No, it's called... Wait, here in the UK? Because I knew mm-hmm. it was in the US. It opened one, I think, Covent Garden. Oh. But these guys, I mean, definitely Mark Wahlberg has not eaten a burger in years. Yeah. Right. Unless it's raw. Yeah. With like a raw egg. Agreed. At 4 a.m. Gross. So we've learned today that uh, rituals are important. Well, I think they're unavoidable. Oh. And I think they kind of help you keep sane. It's an important part of like, no, we didn't learn anything. Alison, how could you break the Oh my God, I'm so circle? sorry. Oh my God, what was I thinking? We figured Should it I out. Should I fucked it up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chefs have rituals, it seems, in the toilet. <laughs> Something I need to explore a little bit more, I or guess. Or not. <laughs> True. It seems like, I think, even though I don't like to admit it, I guess we're all just creatures of habits. That's, that's what we are. And I think this is really interesting part of hospitality. And we're really part of like people's daily or weekly or whatever cycle. You know, we often like kind of forget, I don't want to like over egg it, but how important we are, not necessarily just serving food and making sure the food is delicious, but also just being that consistency. Well, yeah, interesting. I have to agree. We're creatures of habit. And what did you think of the wine from start to finish? What I love about orange wines, skin contact wines, amber wines, whatever. It's so nice to see how they progress as they're on the table. Mm -hmm. Something I think is probably beneficial to most skin contact wines is that it starts off a bit chilled and then you don't chill it anymore because to see how the wine changes over the course of your meal is usually something quite interesting. It's nice when it starts out because things are a little bit muted Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like fresh and clean and easy. And I mean, probably that's where your palate is at anyway, right? You don't need anything so intense. And so it's nice that you kind of start out at the same place and then as you progress and maybe the dishes progress, the bottle opens up a little bit more, comes up in temperature. And then as it does that, you start to notice like little nuances in the wine that were not there when it's muted because it's chilled. Maybe there's like more interesting characteristics that come out. I don't know. It's fun to just explore what happens to the wine. Um, so I like that orange wines are kind of like a little exploration yeah and whenever anybody orders it and like doesn't like it wants to return it, or just ask for like a tiny drop to try mm. even if it's not their bag i will always force them i was gonna say recommend but <laughs> we all know it's forced for them to keep it at the table and just try it as the night goes on or the yeah. day whatever they open up really nicely yeah you know, they're a lot more generous mm-hmm. than I, like a classic white wine i would say they're just cool they're good food wines mm-hmm. and they're something thing that you don't usually just want to chug back so it like forces you to kind of sit with the wine for a minute that's never stopped you though what yeah. did you call it piggybacking dropping? oh yeah piggybacking. Oh, well, like, no but also i do the double fisting yeah double fisting yeah. double dropping piggybacking. Yeah. <laughs> i didn't realize that saying yeah double fisting is not a term here well, so much is. well it is no, it but it's not what is. i it's not what i think of when i say we've all been to those parties <laughs> Double fisting for me means two drinks in hand. And double fisting for Pierre is something. Two drinks at hand. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thanks again for listening to another episode of Table Wine. Yes. Now go home to your children. They miss you. (laughs) 